0: dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Special Education Advocacy Podcast with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, we're going to talk about another super important tool in your special education advocacy practice, and that is the All About Me book. Now, regardless of whether you're a parent or you're a teacher, this book can be super duper helpful in helping the entire team to understand the child from the parent's perspective. And so if you're a parent, I really encourage you to tune in and to follow the steps that I suggest in making that All About Me book. If you're a teacher, consider asking parents to submit an All About Me book. Consider giving parents some kind of template that says, this is the All About Me book that I would love to give, and maybe even some kind of electronic copy or something that they can fill out easily so that you get the information that you need in order to hit the ground running at the very beginning of the year. So in our family, we have an All About Me book and we call it the Jack book. And the reason we call it the Jack book is because it kind of sounds like MacBook, and I think that's funny. In addition to that, it really is kind of the book on Jack. And what I tell The um, team, when I'm presenting um, our All About Me book and delivering it to them, I say, you know, we're kind of lucky because with Jack, we have all of these experts that have weighed in. We've got doctors and we've got different kinds of specialists that talk to us about his hearing and his vision and all of these different areas of his development and his physical health. We also have behaviorists and occupational therapists and speech therapists and um, physical therapists that have talked to us about Jack's Um, developmental needs. And so we have the book of Jack, which is really, really lucky. You know, with my older son, we didn't have the book of Griffin. And he always tells me that I say to him, this is my first time parenting a child that is fill in the blank years old. And he must get tired of hearing it because he always says, mom, you always say that, but it's trial and error. And with Jack, yes, of course there's trial and error, but there are things that I've been taught, things that I've learned, and certainly things that have been useful that I should pass on as his parent to the rest of his IEP team. So that's what we put into the IEP All About Me book. And what I say is it's a great way to introduce the child to the teachers. So what's the main idea to these All About Me books? First of all, you introduce the child, as I said, to the teachers in one email over the summer. So before the year even starts or before the child goes to a new school, you're saying, here's the child kind of comprehensively. You don't have to ask any questions. I've got it all out there. In addition to that, it starts a standard for communication. It says, here's what I expect. Here's how you can expect for me to communicate. Here are the things that I think are important And in its very nature, that then says to the school team, oh, this is a parent that's going to communicate and will expect communication back, which is very, very significant. You also begin the school year with some basic communication checked off when you do this because lots of teachers will ask for this kind of information. And if you're a parent and you send it, well, that information's already been tendered and anything else that you send is just gonna be gravy. And so yes, you might have to answer a couple more questions that the teachers have specifically in order to really complete that introduction, but you've done a lot of the teacher's work for them and teachers will appreciate that. And if you're a teacher and you get this from a parent, you certainly are grateful that you don't have to go on some kind of fact-finding mission in order to figure out how to meet this child's needs or what this child's doing elsewhere, et cetera. Another thing that it does is it lets the family's creativity and personality come out. So, if you are creative and you're all about me book, and if you include specific details, you can really convey more about your family, which can be super duper helpful in helping the school team to access the child's interest, to make learning fun, to really understand the child's history, etc. So, any little tidbit of information that you can give in that creative in that creative process or in the creativity of your actual book really can, in and of itself help the school team to then meet the child's needs throughout the school year in that school setting. And of course, the last thing I like to say to people is, this allows you to give information in a format that is accessible to you and a format that's comfortable to you. You know, any parent of a child with a disability and any person that works at a school certainly understands forms. I, just prior to hopping on to record this podcast, I just scheduled five medical appointments for my son. And in all five, I had to provide the same exact information and I had to provide the same exact copies of documents, et cetera. And it does get very burdensome to do all of the paperwork that's involved with all of these medical appointments and the evaluations and all of the things that we do. And so we all kind of have developed in order to be efficient, some kind of record keeping system or some kind of way that we like to communicate things. And simply when we communicate on our own terms in the format that we like, it streamlines things for us, which then is, Um, Empowering for us. If the teacher, like I said, if if some teacher wants additional information or something, that's great, but we've got the foundation laid and so we don't have to do as much work, which is nice. I'm a busy mom, as you can probably imagine. My husband's a busy dad. Jack's a busy guy. And I like to do stuff the way I like to do stuff in order to kind of keep it as simple as possible, right? That old adage keep it simple, stupid. K I S S. So what do we do in that All About Me book? What's it gonna look like? How do we want the All About Me book to look? I love to tell parents to include lots and lots and lots of pictures. So if you get on something like PowerPoint or Canva or some kind of um, place where you can make, I think Prezi is another one, where you can make presentations, you can do this electronically. I chose to do mine electronically when Jack went to preschool for one main reason, and that was, I wanted to be able to edit it easily. I used to be a teacher, and in teaching, you make these um, portfolios. So I think they're now electronic, but when I was a teacher, they were binders. And I would buy cardstock and stickers and letters and that kind of thing, and I would have to make different pages. And as I went from job to job, from district to district, from project to project, because in my three years of teaching, I had to do four different teaching portfolios. I would have to pull pages out, pull stickers off of pages, rename pages, cut and paste stuff. And it was really kind of burdensome. So I think a lot of parents choose to do these still in a binder, um, but consider an electronic format and see if that's better for you. If it isn't, then a paper format, the old binder is still simple and easy and that is better than nothing. Um, But regardless of what your format is, I love to include a lot of pictures so that the school team really kind of gets a sense of the child and the child's personality and what the child likes to do and that sort of thing. Also, if you use some kind of electronic format, there are stock photos that you can use. So if you don't have a picture of your child with something that they love, like your child with um, their pet, then you could include a picture of, um, you know, a pet that looks similar to the child's. Or um, you don't have a picture of the child at the amusement park, but you could just pop the logo for the amusement park in there. And teachers, particularly teachers that learn visually or anybody on the team that learns visually, those pictures can make it interesting and help them to commit those certain facts about the child to memory so that they can access them when they're helping the child learn, you know, or write something or whatever. So what do I like to include in the All About Me book? I think a really important thing to start off with is a general introduction. Now, a lot of my clients say to me, Well, Ashley, I've already done that. I've already sent a general introduction. And by the way, isn't that already in the IEP? Isn't there a general introduction? Well, yes, it's already in the IEP and sure you've already done it. The thing that I like about the All About Me book is we're gonna send something with I don't know, maybe six to 20 pages, not something super burdensome, something that's easy to, to get into. Maybe take somebody 15 to 30 minutes to review. And it is something that you control and it is comprehensive. So it's you describing your child's disability the way that you want to describe it. And it's you describing what your child's working on in the way that you want to describe it, in the way that you perceive the information, in the way that you can control the information. So you can say, yes, maybe we have this deficit and here's how we work on it. And you can um, make that information kind of sink in the way that you as a team member, as an IEP team member, want to make it sink in, in a way that is meaningful to the team from your perspective. So an example of this is, you've probably heard me say on podcasts before, that I don't really like it in an IEP when it makes it look like, when language in an IEP document makes it look like behavior is voluntary. Um, so sometimes that'll come off as like, Johnny will, um, it can hold his attention when he wants to. Well, if Johnny really wanted to hold his attention, couldn't he always hold his attention? And is that something that's voluntary? Does Johnny wake up in the morning and say, Hmm, I think I'm going to stack the blocks for 10 minutes today. Whereas yesterday I only did it for three before I kicked over my neighbor's blocks. No, if that were the case, it would be pretty simple to fix. But instead, the things that are making Johnny um, knock over his parent or his um, next door neighbor's blocks have a function. So we need to look to see: Does he want that? Is it a tangible item? Does he? Is it impulsivity? What is making Johnny knock over his um, neighbor's blocks? Right. So we're looking at the function. And when the IEP says when he when he wants to, he has good behavior or he can sustain his attention, I say, well, it's not voluntary. Behavior isn't voluntary. And so if I am delivering this at the beginning of the school year and I'm talking about my child, let's say that it is um, sensory, that Johnny loves to crash into things. And so the function of that is sensory. Then I get to say, as I'm talking about this particular issue in the All About Me book, we're working on Um, impulsivity when there is a sensory seeking opportunity. And so an example of this is if we're building blocks, Johnny might knock their neighbor's blocks over, not to be mean, not because he's distracted, but because he wants to feel the feeling of crashing into the blocks. And so here are some ways that we ameliorate that problem. We always offer opportunities for Johnny to access sensory seeking, feelings before these certain activities it's always the blocks it was for my jack and um so before the blocks come out before that center time or indoor recess or whenever the blocks come out then we always offer johnny the opportunity to heck who knows throw blocks into a bean bag safely with nobody else around or something like that so that you're controlling the way that information comes out and it doesn't then just look like, oh, Johnny likes to knock over other people's blocks. So the introduction provides that information. That was a little tangential on the explanation, but I think that that's the the main reason that it's important to include this information that you feel like you might have already provided. So what do I like to do in the general information? I like to include an explanation of the disability and the medical diagnoses. So straight up, this is what's going on. So, you know, we have, um, so like for my child, Jack, Jack has Down syndrome, he has these other diagnoses, these are the medical um, diagnoses, these are the developmental diagnoses, and here's what we do for him. Here's the medication that we take, et cetera. Um, doing that, obviously is the basis, that's why you're on the IEP, but then in addition to that, it allows you to control the way that it is um, included. So, you know, just even your language is really important in communicating that. I also like to communicate a child's interests, which can make their learning more fun. You know, we've talked a whole lot about how my Jack likes Nerf guns and so, I have written sight words on Nerf gun bullets. I have written sight words on um, index cards that that we then shoot with bullets, math problems we do with Nerf guns, and all of his other interests as well. Um, I like to include contact information for important people because yes, that is on the school forums and yes, they will go to those things, but I think it's important to include it on, um, on this as well. Introduction of family and the family members. Here's mom. Here's dad. Here's brothers. And I do that from the child's perspective. So here is our family and our family unit. And then here's how that is accessible to um, Jack. Here's here's how Jack. Um, here's what Jack loves to do with his brother. Or here's what Jack even calls us. So he calls my husband Daddyo. And so it'll say Daddyo works. Blah blah blah, etc um we also get to describe the child the children's um stretches their areas of need their areas of opportunity so what are we working on again in our own terms and then finally i love to provide motivation ideas so here's how we get the child motivated to work on whatever or here are some strategies that we've worked to access those sensory needs those um you know learning needs whatever they might be Remember in particular that if your child is nonverbal or has limited expressive language, that you should include a lot about your child's interests outside of school. This helps the teachers to make learning more diverse, to make it more accessible, to make it more fun, frankly, for the child. They are with your child for at least eight hours, at least seven hours a day, probably more than eight, and so, if they're only if they only know that your child likes Pokemon, or if they only know that your child goes to the YMCA after school, and they don't know anything else, then they're only going to talk about things that your child experiences at school. Well, and your child more than half of your child's life happens outside of school. And so, if they can write journal entries, um, you know, assist your child in writing journal entries that are about a multitude of interest of your child. It's going to make learning more fun for your child, more accessible, more meaningful, more generalized to what happens at home. So um, an example of that is that my um, Jack in kindergarten, I think, I don't know, at some point I looked at a journal and all it talked about was apple pie golf. Apple pie golf means nothing. It's just something that Jack still likes to say. He's 10 years old and he's probably been saying it for as long as he could honestly talk. Um, And I have literally made apple pie, bought apple pie, um, had apple pie and golf in the same thing. None of it makes any sense. He just likes to say apple pie golf, he's silly. Um, And that's what we have deduced from it. But in this one particular year, I looked at his journal and maybe it was September open house probably, And apple pie golf was in probably 75% of the journal entries. And I was like, okay, they need to know more about Jack so that the teacher can guide him and not only talk about apple pie golf, because A, it doesn't mean anything. And B, it's probably even getting boring to him because nobody likes to just talk about one particular thing. And even if they're perseverating on it, which Jack does not, um, it's, developmentally appropriate to also move past that and to write and to talk and to experience other things in life. So that's the general information that I would give in the All About Me book. And then after we do that general information, I like to move on to specific topics. So what are we doing by way of learning? OT, PT, um, speech, what are we doing in our related services? What specifically do you do for sensory integration strategies? What information can you provide on that kind of stuff? Self-help goals. Where are we on those activities of daily living on self-advocacy? Etc. So I like to kind of dive in deep, and sometimes it's really easy to provide a page each. So here's what we're doing on our motor skills. Here's what we're doing on fine motor. Here's what we're doing on um, maybe it's writing. Maybe maybe we break it down into academics. So math and um, uh, maybe it's reading and then reading comprehension. I mean, you could break it out any way that you want. Jax is really broken up by academics, kind of all together. And then we go through fine motor, gross motor, speech, and I think I still even have a sensory page in his. And so, what I do in his is I have even named them. This is kind of where our personality comes in. Um, and I like to use his name as puns if you have been following. Um, Since Halloween, then you know that he has Halloween costumes that have his name in them. So he's been a lumberjack. He was a Jack and Coke, which was my favorite. He's been a Jack of all trades. Um, This year, I can't remember. He didn't wear it very long. Oh, he was an Applejack. Um, And so... I had like, um, jumping Jack is gross motor and Jack be nimble, Jack be quick was another title. Um, and in the introduction it said, hi Jack. And then parenthetically it said, don't say that on a plane because it's hijack. Um, and so <laughs> obviously you don't want to say hijack on a plane because then that's not good. Um, and so we put, you know, kind of our personality into each of these pages, in addition to giving like the good meaty content, just because it makes it a little bit more exciting. And then they know a little bit more about us. They certainly understand why Jack is silly himself, because it's genetic. Um, the one thing that I will say though about these content pages that I've seen and I've tried to fix in as many of these All About Me books that my clients have made that I proofread is try to avoid having a hidden agenda. So oftentimes I'll get an All About Me book and it'll, and it, you can tell that like something's been an issue. And so the parents kind of put like a sideways dig into the, the All About Me book. And really the content, um, should not be driven at anything adversarial or anything that's like i told you so or i knew it or the doctor agreed with me or anything like that it really should have this purely collaborative purpose of introducing the child to the school team in order to make things easier for the child and for the school team so i think it's really important to make sure that it doesn't have any kind of sideways things and if you have um, conflict with your IEP team, if you have some kind of specific concern, it might be a good idea to have somebody else look at it and say, hey, um, you know, I don't really love the speech therapist. I don't, th- she does things totally differently than I would do them or than our private therapist does it. And I am hesitant to, 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 I don't know that I'm the best judge to see if I'm writing something that she might take offensively. Could you look at it and tell me? If you give a friend or another parent, particular if they have a child with an IEP, that kind of background, maybe they will be able to use to to give you a more objective um, opinion on how well you you did that, and maybe be able to change some of the language for you. So I would put in a page for each different content area that you want to put it in, whether you do it by related service, like how mine's done, or you do it by academic topic, I think this is super duper duper important. Now the more that the child ages, the older the child gets, probably the less comprehensive you're all about me book looks, but it's almost more important because you really want to transition to the child kind of working on self-advocacy and the child kind of starting to take the lead and become more empowered. But even my clients that have, especially actually, my clients that have children with the diagnosis that they now oftentimes call high functioning autism, or um, you know what they used to diagnose as is as Asperger's. My children in my practice that have um, executive planning disorders, etc. What? Happens so often for the parents of children with those diagnoses and challenges is that they don't provide this information. Oftentimes because they think, well, my child is really articulate. They certainly can say what they want. That's actually one of the weaknesses that my child has. That's one of the things that we're working on is that sometimes they say what they want and they're too blunt about it. And we're working on that kind of pragmatic and social language. Well, the problem with that is that you haven't stated that. And so once children start to switch classes, particularly if they don't have a whole lot of support in their general education classes, the teachers think, well, my goodness, that child is um, looking at me when I'm talking and um, rifling through a notebook, just like every other child's rifling through a notebook and appears to be accessing things on their computer screen. when everybody else is. And yes, might be a little bit distracted and um, a little bit um, in the grades are showing that maybe they aren't turning things in, et cetera. But I can assure you that they are like totally on it in class. When of course we know that the child has no organization system behind any of that, is not accessing what they're supposed to be accessing in the folders and on the computer, et cetera. Because they have this executive functioning disorder that is prohibiting them from doing that. But on the surface, to the teacher, it looks like everything's going swimmingly. And so I think it's even more important for children that are in high school and middle school with those kinds of needs for parents to kind of give the heads up in the beginning. Because those are the cases when somebody comes to me, uh, the parent will come to me and say, they have five missing assignments, and we are two weeks into the school year, and the teachers are not reminding them to turn in their assignments. And the real problem is the teachers don't even know to be looking out for that. So if we communicated in the beginning, then that is all the more helpful. So I really do encourage you to do this, even if your child is aging. And of course, you know, the pictures are gonna look different, and maybe the language looks different, et cetera, because you're dealing with middle schoolers and high schoolers. Now, I like to conclude the All About Me book with a couple of things. First of all, a thank you. As you know, I was a teacher and I've said it before, I'll say it until the day of my death, teaching is, for the most part, thankless. Yes, working with the children is very rewarding. Yes, those little bitty celebrations and the big ones are what you live for, but they come few and far between And there are far more frustrating um, situations than there are celebratory situations in most cases, in most weeks in a classroom. And so a thank you from a parent can go a very long way. It really helps to build that collaborative spirit on the IEP team. And it really helps for the teachers to understand that parents feel like they are a part of the team. Thank you for being a part of the team. Thank you for reading this. Thank you for doing your part. We really appreciate it. We're sending you our child eight hours a day and we know that you are trying just as hard as we would try if we were in control of this. So the first thing that I always suggest is a really big thank you. Another thing that I suggest is an offer to help. Now, if you're a working parent and you can't get to school between eight and three, if you have um, several other children and you are extremely busy, no matter what the circumstance is, there's probably some way that you can help that that isn't traditional. So yes, maybe you can't serve lunch in the cafeteria and you can't help people check out books in the library, but could you help the teacher to organize things on the weekend? Um, One of the things that I offered, I realized a few years ago that my child's special education teacher didn't have a room mother. And room mothers, for example, from our pto at our school do birthday gifts and um birthday and something else they get two gifts oh christmas from the class and i realized that the special education department didn't have a room mother and so i said to another couple of parents hey why don't we kind of do those gifts informally we don't have to talk to the pto but why don't we start to do those two gifts because i think that that could be important from the children Um, And then I realized that room mothers also do quite a bit of other support. And so I reached out to my child's special education teacher and said, can I cut laminating for you at night? Can I, I like to, I'm crafty, so that's a skill that I have. Could I help you with making materials? You know, special education teachers in particular make a lot and maybe they even buy stuff on Teachers Pay Teachers or other websites, but they've got a lot to make. They have to laminate it and cut it and then put the strings on it or the ribbons on it or put it in the notebook, put it in those little folders that they make, etc. And they have to do that for so many children. And so, you know, could I do some of that busy work? I actually like to do that. I don't like to watch TV and I'm not good at resting. And so help me help you, I'm happy to do that. Um, and I do have to remi- <laughs> remind them that I'm available for that and that I actually like it but it's an offer of help that I've got. Um, Don't forget to put your contact information in there. Again, to say, I am available to answer any questions. Again, that helps with that collaborative spirit. And then any other miscellaneous information that is important to you, that's important to your child that feels weird. So particularly um, if it's like a language thing, you know, um, I remember my child, Jack, used to say um, something so, the word for minion also was the name of his cousin that he sees a lot because his cousin likes minions. And the word came out like, blah. and so I couldn't even put that in the All About Me book. And so, at the end of one year's All About Me book, I said, The word for this cousin and for minion is the same. And remind me, I'm going to tell you what it is because then you can write about minions in journals, etc. So, um, you know, that kind of weird stuff. Sometimes you have to communicate and obviously you communicate that during the year too in order to make learning accessible and fun. So those are the things that I put in an All About Me book. I would love to hear what you put in your All About Me books. I would love to connect with you on this kind of communication. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to me. You can DM me on social media or you can send me an email. I would love to connect. I will see you next week, same time and same day.